0: are listening to a podcast from the National. US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is on an expansive tour of the Gulf and wider Middle East this week. Pompeo's task is to send a clear message to US allies. America is still in, despite what US President Donald Trump tweets late at night. This is beyond the headlines and I am Nasser Wesmi. On this episode, we'll look at where the U.S.-Middle East relationship stands as Pompeo tries to make sense of Washington's muddled message. Last month, President Trump tweeted that he would pull out of Syria within 30 days, sending shockwaves around not just the region, but in his own administration. U.S. Defense Secretary Jim Mattis disagreed with the proposal and resigned. Since then, the White House has said there is no such timetable on U.S. withdrawal. The message keeps changing. In addition to other Trump tweets about the viability of ISIS and Saudi involvement in Syria, as well as congressional opposition to the U.S. involvement in Yemen, there is little clarity and much confusion coming out of Washington, leaving U.S. allies uneasy. So Pompeo's visit is timely. The Secretary of State will visit all six GCC countries, as well as Egypt and Jordan, to help clarify just where the US stands. We will try to do the same this week by talking to two experts. First, we'll talk to the National's Hashem Asayran about the larger issue of Syria and how the US involvement affects all parties. And later, we'll ask Cinzia Bianco of Gulf States Analytics about what all is on Pompeo's agenda during his tour. Hashim Asayran is an editor on The Foreign Desk who's been covering the war in Syria since the early stages of the conflict. Thanks for joining us, Hashem. Thanks for having me. Featuring prominently on Pompeo's agenda is Syria and the future of what's going to happen in the country. Where does the U.S. withdrawal of
1: troops in Syria place GCC countries? U.S. involvement in Syria has uh, worked largely to the benefit of GCC states, especially because of aligning interests. I mean, such as working against Iranian expansion and preventing Tehran from building so-called land bridge across the Mediterranean, as well as keeping Turkish intervention in Syria in check. So a U.S. pullout would mean that uh, GCC states are going to need to intervene more forcefully and directly or at least secure more influence with the government in Damascus uh, to forward their own interests. We already see a move in that direction with the UAE and Bahrain restoring diplomatic relations and Saudi expected to follow suit.
0: And I imagine that this has something to do with countering Iran's uh, influence in the region, but how are they expected to do that exactly?
1: So, pragmatically speaking, it is difficult to imagine a scenario in which Iran's footprint in Syria is significantly reduced. Tehran, for the past eight or so years, has been laying the foundations for a strong grip over Syria, be it political, economic, or military. So Iran definitely has a strong advantage. However, the GCC has one powerful tool, which is reconstruction money. Iran can't match that, especially considering the economy and renewed sanctions and so on. So we can expect and I think should expect Gulf states, especially the UAE and Saudi to leverage reconstruction funds to achieve their agendas and further their own interests in Syria, including limiting Iranian influence but within a reasonable uh, degree. One second weapon, I think, is membership in the Arab League. Damascus is quite keen to restore its membership in the pan-Arab body. Uh, It's an attempt to secure some form of legitimacy, both among Arab states, but also inside Syria. So we may see Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and the UAE, and other countries setting out conditions for this to happen. Uh, This has yet to be seen, and at this stage it's, purely speculative but i think it is it's plausible speaking of the arab league we have the gcc are
0: all six countries in the bloc uh, aligned on syria or is
1: there a rift on how they want to approach assad i mean we can definitely expect the rift with qatar To spill into post-war Syria, let's not forget that Qatari funding of hardcore militant groups in Syria was a big part of the standoff with Saudi Arabia and the UAE and Egypt. Um, So while other GCC states move to normalize relations with the Assad government to some degree, we can expect Qatar to stay on the sidelines. Neither Damascus nor the rest of the GCC bloc is interested in seeing Qatar play any form of role in post-war Syria. Uh, Especially considering Qatar's history of funding extremists in the country. Beyond that, um, I don't see any markers of some uh, problems emerging. I think the rest of the Gulf bloc is pretty aligned in terms of how they want to engage. But I also think that at this stage, they haven't formed a clear vision of what such an engagement will look like or how they will deal with both Assad and Iran and Syria. So that has yet to be seen. Uh, It's still it's still quite early. Amman
0: is the first stage of uh, U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's trip. What does this mean for Jordan, who we know hosts a large number of Syrian
1: refugees? I mean, Jordan is a key U.S. ally, so it's quite expected that Pompeo would also make a stop in Amman. Uh, When it comes to Jordan, it's not only about refugees, although this is a very big concern. And, of course, when we talk about refugees, we're talking about refugees both inside of Amman, but also internally displaced people that are present in a border camp near the Jordanian frontier, specifically those in Rukban. Uh, But I think one additional concern for Jordan is security, and especially stability along its frontier with Syria. The U.S. has played a quite big role in reining in and controlling rebel groups in southern Syria near the Jordanian border. So I think Amman is also kind of looking for assurances that this border area will not flare up and that we won't see any possible or potential security threats uh, from that zone.
0: No tour of uh, the Middle East is complete without a trip to Egypt. Uh, Cairo, what does it mean for
1: Egypt? Is it playing a part in the future of Syria? Um, I think Egypt will tow the Saudi line in Syria. I think whatever Saudi Arabia chooses to do or how Saudi chooses to engage in Syria will be supported and reinforced by Egypt, we may also see Egypt playing, you know, a prominent role in terms of uh, deciding whether or not Syria will be readmitted to the Arab League. Um, but in terms of other powerful solo initiatives by Cairo, I mean, I don't really see that happening. Um, We can expect Cairo to try to put a foot in the door and maybe try to benefit from some of the spoils of Reconstruction. But uh, in terms of quite a strong and definitive political role, uh, I don't really see that in the cards. But again, this is speculative and we, we would have to wait and see. All
0: right. Thanks, Hashem. Thanks, Nelson. Cinzia Bianco is a Middle East and GCC analyst for Gulf State Analytics. She joins us to tell us what is likely to be the biggest topics discussed in Pompeo's visit next week. Thank you for joining us, Cinzia.
2: Thank you very much for having me. Um, and I think that the visit that uh, the U.S. Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, is about to uh, conduct in the in the Gulf region uh, will be a particularly uh, relevant one. Um, it's likely that the major uh, topic on the agenda and in discussions will be related to regional issues, ranging from the war in Syria to the conflict in uh, Yemen. And in particular, about the role that U.S. allies such as the United Arab Emirates can play um, in the next phase of both conflicts, which are um, departing from a time of most kinetic operations to uh, a part of sort of post conflict settlement.
0: Is this also a show of support? So is it some way of telling the region that the U.S. is still involved?
2: so um it's interesting to see that way and it's definitely possible um i would say that the us is certainly involved into its own relations with uh, Arab allies. But in terms of being on the front line in the region, it's actually the signals that uh, that they are uh, giving out of Washington might go in the opposite direction. Um, as we know, there's been a lot of discussion about pulling out troops, U.S. troops from Syria. Um, and that uh, is definitely an indication that Uh, The United States uh, is particularly concerned about the level of engagement that uh, they have in the region.
0: So when we look at uh, the major conflicts in the region, we have Yemen, we have Syria. Uh, There's been a lot of uh, activity happening uh, in Washington in regards to Yemen. Is Washington trying to get more involved in the Yemen peace process that was kicked off in Sweden last year? Or are they, I mean, are they likely to push the coalition in a certain direction during this visit?
2: Yes, Uh, about Yemen, it's possible that um, there is going to be a frank and uh, somehow critical discussion between the United States and uh, its allies, uh, because we know that uh, this conflict in particular is attracting a lot of concern and criticism in Congress so, uh, and at the level of the public opinion. Um, so there is a strong political momentum for pushing uh, a political solution and a negotiated solution which is, of course, um, the stated objective of the Arab coalition itself as well. So there is broad agreement uh, in the sense of political settlement being the latest uh, uh, objective, but the ways in which to get these objectives may differ as well as the timeline. Um, so it's, uh, it's it will be interesting to see how critical and frank the dialogue is regarding this issue in particular.
0: And then when we go to Syria, what message is Pompeo trying to send the Middle East in regards to U.S. President Donald Trump's abrupt decision to withdraw U.S. troops from Syria last month?
2: Unfortunately, we um, there is a broad consensus among analysts and the academic community is that when taking into consideration Trump's decision, the decision and policy making of uh, the US President Donald Trump, the element of unpredictability um, and the element of suddenness, decision which may lack context. Or deepened understanding um, is to be taken uh, into account. So you can't rule out uh, the sudden decisions and uh, and uh, somehow the inputs which may lack background and context. Um, but we have seen a backtracking of this decision which was very impulsive and is regarded as widely destabilizing. Um, And we have seen now more hesitation towards a longer timeline and a more gradual withdrawal. But, uh, you know, in the background, it remains the trend, which is um, a trend that is well uh, established by Donald Trump, especially in his rhetoric. When he won the elections, he won the election by promising that the United States would be less engaged in the world in terms of the efforts and resources that the United States uh, has to put uh, in in the world. And uh, um, lives uh, of soldiers uh, are, you know, the most important uh, resources of all in these sort of framework. So we are seeing in the long term a lesser engagement, there is no doubt. But uh, this decision will hopefully be uh, sort of more gradual and uh, coordinated with the Arab allies who are themselves very uh, stretched uh, in, in, uh, in specific uh, contexts and are can be hesitant into taking uh, uh, more matters into their hands.
0: US Secretary Rex Tillerson, uh, he was, or the former US Secretary Rex Tillerson, he was a bit, he had a bit of a more complicated relationship with uh, President Donald Trump. At times they were seen as conflicting on various issues in the region. uh, And he was actually fired uh, while he was in a tour in Africa. Pompeo. The relationship is a bit different. So is he here to deliver the message of President Donald Trump and longer than a tweet? or Is he here to kind of set up uh, this method of getting the region to shoulder more of the burden and maintaining regional security?
2: Yes. So the long term goal and the framework has always been uh, more burden sharing with regional allies and regional uh, uh, partners. Um, so that's you know, the polar star of these policies and these administration's policies uh, in the Middle East. Um, uh, Mike Pompeo does have a different relationship with uh, President Donald Trump, and he is definitely less hostile or simply less engaging with uh, um the the proposals that come from Donald Trump. So he's a more conciliatory approach towards. Um, Trump policies. Um, There is indeed uh, the feeling that he is in the region just to deliver the message and explain the message in more details than, you know, with a tweet. But uh, it's unlikely that he will come to tell something completely different than President Donald Trump um, already sort of hinted to uh, in in his own ways. Um, And the fact that there was uh, recently the firing of of, uh, Secretary of Defense, uh, former Secretary of Defense, Jim Mattis, is another indication that... Uh, we are likely to see less constraints on Trump's uh, um, impulsive decisions in the time to come.
0: And then if we were to zoom in to the region, has the Gulf crisis been abandoned as a talking point or will there be any sort of uh, pressure to try and resolve the 18th month long crisis?
2: So on broadly speaking, there is the realization in Washington that the Gulf crisis, um, the longer it lasts, uh, the more likely it is that it will escalate into more instability for global actors. And we're talking about mostly economic instability, but also uh, difficulties in political coordination between Arab countries um, vis-a-vis, for instance, Iran or uh, non-Arab powers. So there is this broader realization, but at the same time, given the nature of uh, policies in this American administration and how quickly they develop and how quickly new crises go come to the surface, um, it's likely that uh, the Qatar crisis will take a back seat in these. Uh, in this specific um, visit. So, that there will be other uh, issues at the forefront, and again, I think specifically uh, Syria and Yemen.
0: And then, how far are we in the uh, Middle East Strategic Alliance, uh, or it's been called the Arab NATO? Will there be any progress in the coming year? Is it likely to be discussed?
2: So, that's uh, you know, the Arab-NATO or the Middle East strategic alliance uh, is, I think, um, likely to be uh, the third topic of discussion beyond the conflicts in Syria and Yemen. Um, so uh, there is uh, again a push in Washington from Washington for further coordination because of the basic idea that pulling and sharing resources uh, in the sense of military uh, resources um, will help develop a framework and a mechanisms that will further the regional country's ability to protect themselves, thereby making the United States less necessary. And again, we go back to the polar star of the U.S. gradually becoming less present in the region. Um, So this remains an objective, um, but there are other political issues and challenges and disagreements, deep disagreements, between the countries which are supposed to take part into the establishment of MISA, which cannot be ruled out. So. First, you know, there is a degree of urgency uh, for other issues, um, and uh, uh, but in the longer term, uh, these issue will continue to be pushed. And the copper crisis is clearly, for instance, one of the issues that uh, is standing in the way in a certain sense of uh, creating an effective MISA, but it's not the only one by any means.
0: All right, Sunsia, thank you for your time.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks to Cynthia Bianco and Hashim Usairan for their insights. We'll have further coverage on Pompeo's tour of the region on our website, thenational.ae. Subscribe to Beyond the Headlines on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcasting app. I've been your host, Nasr al-Wesmi. Join us again next week.